You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. And today I have Lori Brown, who is the founder of Empowered Nurses, a company that is dedicated to helping nurses to protect their licenses, do their jobs with confidence, and the joy, find the joy in the profession that they uh, once had. So Lori's been a nurse since the 1980s. She graduated from UCLA with her master's degree and then obtained her JD from Indiana University in 1990. Welcome, Lori. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Katie. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah. Um, so can you give us uh, some uh, some background in how what you did as a nurse and how you decided to go back for your JD? Like, how did that all come about? <laughs> okay, yes, I started um, doing medical surgical nursing um, and then went for my master's. I have a clinical nurse specialist in med surge and nursing administration. And then I was working as a unit manager um, first in a hospital in near Los Angeles. And then I moved to Indianapolis and worked at a hospital there. I was a unit manager of the neurosurgery unit, which was at our county hospital, as I affectionately call the Knife and Gun Club. And um, I really loved my job. But at that point, I was going through a divorce. And I had absolutely no interest in going to law school before this, but I had a great divorce attorney. And so and one of my um, other nurse managers said, well, why don't you just go into law? And I had like literally never considered that. Uh, so, so random. <laughs> why don't you go into law? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I well, love that. <laughs> I knew I wanted to continue my education and thought about, you know, getting a PhD or a DNS or something. But I really at that point didn't want to teach. So um, when she said that, I'm like, hmm. Well, I left my um, uh, husband in April, um, took a LSAT review in May. Um, took the test in June and applied for law school, got admitted in July and started in August. Oh my God, talk about a life change. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. It was a, a great avoidance tactic to deal with grief. <laughs> well, so I mean, th th is that something that any nurse could do? Like if they wanted to go to law school, they just take the LSAT review and, and go to law school? Yeah, um, it, it is. Any nurse can do it. I'm actually on the board of the American Association of Nurse Attorneys, and it's a wonderful organization because what we all have in common is our nursing. We all do different things in law, but we all were a nurse first, and you never forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. So what kind of law, like, did you know going into law school what you were going to do, and how did that kind of evolve to the time you graduated? Well, I had initially wanted to be work at a hospital, be a hospital attorney or risk manager. Uh, well, that didn't work out. And I started doing medical malpractice defense. And I just love how, you know, things evolve in your life exactly where you're supposed to be and give you the skills and the techniques that you need to do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so I started doing medical malpractice defense and I worked there um, for several years. I was a partner in a law firm in their health law division. and I just, I loved it. I represented doctors and hospitals throughout the state of Indiana. And then um, the carrier, which was my largest client, um, 
for the medical malpractice cases, it's insurance companies are the ones that provide the defense for doctors and hospitals. Well, they went out of business. And I thought my partners would support me, but they didn't. And they didn't know at that time I was pregnant with my second child. And here I was without a job, pregnant. I'm a single mom. I had um, a son who was at that point, um, well, when my other son was born, he was 18 months. And I just didn't, didn't know what I was going to do. And I hung out my shingle thinking, oh, this will be easy. I'll just get tons of clients. And uh, you're laughing because yeah. that's the <laughs> furthest from the truth. <laughs> exactly. And I thought, well, gosh, I'm a nurse. I'm an attorney. I know all the defense attorneys um, in the state. I know all the plaintiff's attorneys who do medical malpractice. And I was going to do legal nurse consulting. And again, I thought it would be really easy. But it took me about five years to figure it out. Um, I got every marketing book on the subject. and um, none of it helped because um, being a legal nurse consultant, it's different when you're than the typical marketing techniques. And, and same with other nurse business owners as well. The typical marketing techniques don't work. And it's all about personal relationships. And the attorneys need to know, like, and trust you before they're going to hire you. So once I figured it out, then I decided I would teach other legal nurse consultants how to grow their business. And I was able to grow mine to the point where I had eight legal nurse consultants working for me. They would come one day, pick up a case, leave, uh, come back the next case, pick up their check, pick up a new case. And it was just great. Yeah, that is great. And I think that's something that uh, not just for legal nurse consultants, but a lot of nurses when they start a business, you know, they go through that same idea, like, uh, you know, it'll be easy. All I have to do is open the doors like a nurse practitioner in a clinic, you know, I'll mm-hmm. just open the doors and it just doesn't, it never works out quite that easily. Um, because like you said, the marketing really is about your personal relationships with people. And those are the same questions I get in my Facebook group over and over again. It's just kind of like, well, how do I sell? <laughs> how do I market? <laughs> right. right. Um, so you were a legal nurse consultant as well. Right. And then about maybe seven years ago, I transformed my practice into professional licensing defense. And I used the same tools that I learned um, having my legal nurse consulting business. Um, And then at that time, too, I was also teaching legal nurse consultants how to grow their business. I wrote a book. I have a product. I have a DVD. um, And then I also teach lncbizschool.com. And then like I said, about seven years ago, I transformed my practice to do professional licensing defense. So now I represent doctors, um, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, um, dentists, you name it, um, before the licensing boards. And then again, I was able to grow that business very rapidly because of the skills that I had learned. And so now I also teach nurse business owners how to grow their business or how to start their business. Because it all seems to be kind of the same skill set that keeps coming up, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, instead of a nursepreneur, I'm a multipreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what is, what are, what's some advice that you give uh, nurses when they're first starting out in, in business or thinking about starting a business? Because nobody wants to pay the lawyer. Nobody wants to talk about the legal. And they always think, well, I'll just as soon as I get money coming in, then, then maybe I'll, I'll do that kind of stuff. Like, what would you say to stuff like that? I would say to, um, in terms of the legalities, um, it depends on what you're doing, okay? Because in terms of an LNC, there are state statutes that provide immunity to expert witnesses. 
So, you know, you may not necessarily need the insurance stuff. I wouldn't advise that, but it's not something that you have to go out and get right away. Um, it just depends. You have to do the risk benefit analysis to determine uh, if what type of, of insurance needs that you have. Um, in fact, I'd like to give everybody a free gift, um, and that is my nurses legal business checklist. And if you go to my site, empowerednurses.org, and um, go under the nurse, nurses business owners portion, you can receive it that way. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. So now we had, um, we were both in a discussion where uh, one of the nurses in our group or one of the groups that we're in together, uh, she had a concierge nurse business and the discussion had come up that uh, she had 1099 employees. Can you talk about 1099 employees and, and when can you have a 1099 or when can you not? Okay, so um, 1099 employees are basically temporary employees who have that business and provide it to others. So for example, I don't need to, everybody who employs me for legal work, I don't need to send them something at the end of the year because um, I do this for everybody. Or they don't need to send me anything at the end of the year at 1099 because they've employed me for their legal matter. Um, so if it is somebody who does this for other people, they don't need, they can be a 1099 employee. The IRS has like a 12-step decision-making process to determine if they are a 1099 employee or a regular employee where you have to take out the taxes. The problem is, is that if you misclassify somebody and make them a 1099 instead of a W-2 employee, you are responsible for all the back taxes and the interest. So I would never want to put anybody in that situation. So um, to be safe, make them a W-2 employee. I know that it's more expensive, uh, but it's definitely worth it. And the test is primarily, do you exercise control over their working hours and how the work is done? So if I was going to hire a, somebody to build my website, they, even though I'm employing them to build my website, they build websites for other people, and I don't direct how they're going to do it. I'm going to tell them what I want it to look like, but I don't direct when they're going to work and how they're going to work. So anytime you direct when somebody's going to work or how they're going to work, then typically they're an employee. So would that include, let's say I have um, five cases coming up, so five concierge cases coming up, and I send it out via text message to a group of nurses and say, does anybody want this case? Um, does, is that kind of a gray area or is that the nurses picking up time on their own? Or I mean, because there's a set time, like the case is from like eight to five, but you know, they don't have to choose it. So would that still qualify or is that? Yeah, in fact, um, there are laws, um, primarily in California, I don't know about other states that say if it's a nurse, um, they have to be W-2 employees. And I've heard fact, that too, yeah. Yeah, in fact, nurse practitioners as well. Um, but if they, are, uh, if they have a business where they provide temporary concierge services to other people, then that's their business, and, you're, and, they, and then they wouldn't be a 1099, or a W-2, I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, so um, theoretically, or I guess you could have 1099 employees in your concierge nursing service business if 
you're not directing them and saying, all right, Monday you're going here, Tuesday that you're going there, but offer it out and they can pick up time if they want. So just to clarify. Yeah, like the legal nurse consultants that sub I subcontracted with, um, they had other legal nurse consulting cases through other people and they were um, appropriately a 1099 because okay. I just gave them the case. They worked on it when they wanted to and they gave me the work product. Right. But you could still have a deadline and say, you know, I need this by oh, yeah. June 2nd. <laughs> right? It's just not. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so, and I think that's a really important thing because it, it does seem like the 1099 is just everybody wants to have 1099 employees. And, uh, you know, I had actually in another group had listened or uh, read this thread where the nurse practitioner was saying that she was hired through a, a clinic and they made her a 1099 employee but she was um you know told when to be there and stuff and everybody was like well you know one i hope they're paying you a lot because you you're going to owe money on medicare and 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 that kind of stuff social security so is is that true or yes okay if, if they're um if they are found out then um the, they will owe all the back taxes plus penalties and interest. And that can add up a lot. Um, when I was in um, my master's program, I wrote off um, my typing expenses because I hired out for that to do my master's thesis. And I also wrote off uh, white support hose. And the IRS said, well, you can't write that off. Um, support hose, you can wear white hose anywhere. And I'm like, not white support o's you're you're not a fashion sense um, so uh but so i did wind up having to pay and it came out to a hundred dollars of the taxes that i owed but it turned out to be a three hundred dollar bill with all the taxes and interest yeah that interest is a killer <laughs> yeah and penalty and whatnot yeah, I just went through that too, because one of the the issues is when you first start a business it's very easy to kind of um throw all your expenses together and just put it on your credit card or do this. And if you don't keep it all separate, why the, when the time comes to go to do your taxes and it's all kind of like all over the place and it, it, it's just such a mess. Do you have any uh, suggestions on how to keep all of this separate or, um, you know, when to do your taxes or how to do your taxes? Well, the first um, two people that I hired when I started my business was a lawyer and an accountant. And um, frankly, both of them have been with me ever since, and it's been 20 years now. Um, I think those are two of the most worthwhile investments you can make because I know if anything happens, my accountant will stand behind me and so will my attorney. Right. How did you, so how did you decide, how did you find an accountant? Do you keep them on retainer or is it somebody that you just touch base with every couple of months or? Well, he does all my bookkeeping, so um, we're, <laughs> we're in touch a lot. So otherwise um, if you are it depends on the type of entity that you are for example I'm a professional corporation now I did not think I needed to be a professional corporation but based on what sorry about that I thought I turned that off um, based on what um, he's when we first talked he said you're better off being a professional corporation because your kids you can write off the um, the child, you can write off your child care expenses for work. So as a professional corporation, though, I have to pay taxes monthly. But if I was in a different type of entity, I may only have to pay taxes quarterly. 
Okay. And can you just kind of go over the different types of um, business entities that you could have? Sure. Um, that's exactly what we talk about in mynursesbizschool.com. And what it is, is the, um, there's LLC, which is Limited Liability Corporation. And the whole idea of a corporation, it's actually a fiction. You never see what Coke is. It's just, you know, it's just an entity. Um, it's a fiction and it protects you from personal liability. So um, the first one's an LLC. Each one of them has their own pros and cons. Um, I won't go into that. Um, but a second one is an S corporation where things flow through to you um, on your personal taxes. And the point of an LLC and an S corporation are that you don't get double taxed. That's one of the benefits of it. For me, with a professional corporation, I'm supposed to pay corporate taxes. However, if I take all the money out, which I do because I'm a professional service, not I don't have you know inventory and things like that, then uh, that then I'm able to um, take all the money out of the corporation and I don't get double taxed. Okay. So those are the two main ones, the LLC and the S-Corp. Um, most people starting out as solopreneurs or they wouldn't need to be a, a regular corporation though, right? Well, there's two others. There's the professional corporation or corporation, a C-Corp um, right. for non-professionals. Um, that is the one that I have. And then the, the fourth option is to be a sole proprietor. You don't need to have any entity, but you don't get the protections of um, if there's any liability and it would all be on you. Okay. And so would malpractice insurance help you out if you were a sole proprietor? Um, in terms... So yeah, let's say... Let's say that you're a sole proprietor and you do coaching services and you're coaching somebody and the person, for whatever reason, uh, sues you. If you have professional malpractice, um, would that protect you in any way or is that just kind of out of the scope of professional malpractice insurance? It depends on um, what they're suing you for. Okay. If you are acting as a nurse... Um, malpractice means duty, what those acting under same or similar circumstances would do, a breach of that duty, and then it has to cause, that's the third element, the fourth is harm. But you have to have all four elements. So let's bring this into a nursing context. If a patient has um, aminophilin ordered and you give ampicillin and you, get, you make a meta error and the patient's fine, then there's no harm, no foul. There's no causation or harm. You had a duty to give the right medication and you breached that duty, but it didn't cause harm. So that is not malpractice. You know, they, they could write you up or um, it's a med error, but it's not malpractice and would not go under the malpractice insurance. Now, if you give the ampicillin instead of the aminophilin and the patient has an allergic reaction and has harm, then you'd have all four elements and that would be malpractice. Okay, that's a very good distinction. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay, um, so how about, again, going back to the nurse that's thinking about starting a business but hasn't actually gotten started, hasn't actually um, gotten clients yet, what would be your advice, like first steps of how to get started? Well, one is to take some kind of a program to learn the business skills to to be successful in your business. Mm -hmm. You could try to do it yourself like I did and it cost me five years. But people like us who teach nurses how to 
um, successfully build a business, it expedites the time and they do it right. I always talk to my, my uh, clients about let's build your business on solid ground instead of sinking sand because you can throw tons and tons of money into this and, and not get anywhere. So, you know, I'm very strategic in my approach on, on business building. Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, do what you love because building a business, um, it, it is easy in some respects and hard in another. And if you do what you love, then at least um, it gets you up in the morning on those tough days to keep you going. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big part of it because if you're doing something just for the money, it's just... Yeah, it's hard to get those blog posts written. It's hard to get anything done because you just don't want to spend time doing it. Whereas if you're doing something that you love, it's it just, I mean, there's still hard moments, right? There's still times right. I don't want to write those blog posts, but, you know, like, like doing stuff like this, this for me is, is fun. Meeting people like you and hearing your story and how you got started and, and the value that you bring to nurses. Um, how about some of the marketing techniques? How, what, how have you been able to market yourself? So I look at it in terms of a marketing pie and how in each slice of the pie is a different way to market. So for example, in the legal nurse consulting realm, I would um, attend seminars, I would speak, I would publish articles, I would do a newsletter, um, I would um, advertise, uh, I'd had a website, um, and then the idea is to just take each one, each, or an, I would say exhibit it at associations. So the idea is to take each piece of the pie and get good at it. So if you don't want to speak, okay, fine. Well, then let's work on exhibiting. Okay. And then get good at that. Okay. Um, so when you do this, so you can only apply to so many conferences to, or, or speaking engagements. Um, how did you build a name for yourself in your community, uh, let's say, or, or is your audience all over the country? Where, how do you focus? So let's say for the professional licensing defense, again, like I said, I use the same techniques as I used in the legal nurse consulting. And so I am the um, Ask a Nurse Attorney on allnurses.com. Uh, I write a blog uh, that gets sent out every week in my newsletter to everybody on license protection and empowerment. And I just started a second one on business building for nurses. So a second newsletter. Um, I write articles. I have an article coming out in American Nurse Today about starting your own nursing business. Um, again, it's the same techniques. I speak. I'm um, going to be speaking at the uh, California Association of Nurse Practitioners and the Academy of Medical Surgical Nurses coming up. So again, I apply the same um, principles that I applied building the other business to this one. And when I asked people how they found me, they said everywhere. And that's where you want to be. You want people to find you everywhere and see your name because then that um, allows people to know, like, and trust you that, that you're going to be able to help them. Right. And, you know, I think that's a big factor of it too, because, you know, there's the, some people you see and they look um, like, they know what they're talking about, but how do you know that they can teach you what you need to know? Or because we've all had teachers that are brilliant, but they can't teach, right? And then you have people that uh, don't have the same credentials, but are amazing teachers. Uh, and I think one of the best ways, like what you're doing, is really just to get out there 
and be with your audience. Uh, you know, where are they? How do you find them? And then just go hang out with them, talk to them and find out what they need. So has your, your business has evolved, uh, it sounds like over the years, right, from that? Right, right. Um, and at each, each stage, there's a new challenge. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned uh, previously, I'm doing Facebook ads now for the first time. And um, it's, it's a new world out there in this digital marketing that yeah. we didn't have to deal with before. Yeah, yeah, Facebook ads can be, uh, but there's a whole like different spectrum. So you have the marketing where you have the, the free, well, not free advertising, but uh, where you're speaking, engaging and stuff. And then the paid advertising is a whole nother realm. And then there's uh, the media aspect of it, of, of going on podcasts like this and getting out there and more known and, and TV, cable TV or radio shows. And the guest blogging is huge. And, uh, you know, All Nurses has, has, great SEO. So, you know, being on that forum is, is ideal. Like that's, that's perfect. Um, so that's something some of the nurses, especially watching this podcast, um, I think one of the big factors is just being consistent and omniscient, <laughs> you know, and, and that can be hard to do. It gets, uh, it can be lonely doing all that stuff. Yeah. And what I always tell people is, if you're in a personal service business, coaching or something like that, legal nurse consulting, whatever it is, the easiest way is to just talk to people. That's just the easiest way. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to um, just talk to people. And I don't believe in selling. I believe in enrolling. And the right people will say yes to your services um, if you have a problem or you have a solution to their problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I've seen that a lot. Like it's something that I, I try and teach in my Facebook group uh, and with my other nurse, with my nurses in my groups is that you don't want to go into a Facebook group and just start spamming, you know, because that's basically what it is when you, you go in and, and you just like buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And that's something that's, I think, very common uh, for new business owners to do is to they think they have to hard sell. And it's like the last thing you need to do. It's, it's a real turnoff. Um, so really providing value. And, you know, that's what I've really appreciated about you in the various groups that I've seen you in is that you provide, you answer people's questions. You're not like, I'm Lori, buy my services. It's, you know, here I have a problem and Lori answers it. And then we're all like, oh, Lori's a, a lawyer. She could help me too. One of the things that I learned um, from the law firm that I worked at, um, the way that they marketed was they would um, smoke cigars, drink uh, martinis, and um, play golf with insurance companies. That sounds people. great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I did none of that. So I felt like a fish out of water when they marketed like that. So I had to develop my own way of, of marketing. And it all, all of my marketing and all of my teaching um, involves talking about the value and benefits that you can bring, but more importantly, finding out what their needs are and how you can fill it and then talk about your value and benefits. Right. And I think as nurses, we have that innate, for some reason, when we start a business, we, we leave that at the front door and we start hard selling, but you know, our, what we've learned in nursing school, everything we've learned in nursing school has prepared us to start our own business because that's exactly what we've been trained to do. Yeah, that's exactly what I say because you've got the critical thinking skills, the prioritization, the organization, you know how to assess, plan, intervene, evaluate. You have the best skills to start your own business. 
And what I always say in nursing, people don't come to you with a sign over their head, appendicitis or alteration in comfort or whatever it is. You've got to go through the nursing process. And the same is true in law. People don't come with a sign over their head um, saying um, license defense matter or whatever it is. You still have to assess, plan, intervene, and evaluate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never appreciated the nursing process until I started <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but nursing was so wise all this time. I didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think we we take that for granted. But the nursing process is actually it's very high level. <laughs> <laughs> so my nursing my nursing professors would be very proud. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, well tell me what what's next? Like what's going on? What's next for you? And um, what are you like gearing up for? Sure. Um, so I have uh, nursesbizschool.com starting uh, February 5th, and it is a 90-day program uh, designed to give you the business skills that you need to be successful. I do teach it live on a Zoom platform, so you are interacting with me. Um, I'm there to coach you every step of the way, and basically it's a whole group of nurses that grow their business together. And um, I talk about the legal aspects as well as the marketing and the business aspects. And by having a small group and a live platform, I can coach you individually. Well, why don't you try this or try this, that, um, and to help you be successful during this 90-day process. And how do we find out about that? That's at nursesbizschool.com. Okay, and I will put a link in. So every so is it? It's uh, B I Z, right? Nursesbizschool.com. Right. Uh, okay, correct. I will put a link in there so everybody can find it. And uh, yeah, February fifth is when it starts. Do you do it uh, periodically throughout the year, or is this a, a one-time? Well, my day job is still professional licensing defense. Um, and I love doing that. I love helping nurses who, you know, are in serious trouble with the, you know, before the board, help them um, get through this process. Um, but um, on the opposite side of things, I love helping nurses who are just frustrated, who don't want to get in trouble, and who want something different to be successful in their business and, and make money. And, and that's very fulfilling to me. So I do, because it is, um, you know, my give back, because I was able to crack the code to figure out how to do this. Um, you know, I just don't have a regular set schedule to do it yet. Um, I've, I've done it for several years just on the side, and, um, and that's where I'm at right now. All right, so February 5th, everybody, if you want <laughs> to be on on this, you can, we don't know when Lori's going to do it again, so you got to get in on her February 5th uh, date if you want to be in the Nurses Biz School. Uh, all right, Lori. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been great talking to you. And, you know, again, thank you so much. Thank you. And again, if you want the Nurses Legal Business Checklist, again, just um, go to empowerednurses.org under Nurse Business Owners, and you can sign up to receive that as well. Yes, I'm definitely going to put that in there as well. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Bye, everybody.